Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Inside the Asperger Studio. Do you want to know what ABA is? Do you want to know how to choose the right therapist? Do you want to know much, much more about ABA and how it can help you if you have a child who has autism? Well, my next guest, Holly Beth Clauser, can help you out. So sit back, relax, and grab your favorite beverage, and I'll see you on the other side. See you there. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Inside the Asperger Studios. Today, I'm joined with Holly Beth Clauser, who is a autism advocate and ABA behavioral analyst. Welcome to the show, Holly. Thanks for having me, Reed. I've been looking forward to it. So why don't we start off with you telling me a little bit about my, about yourself? Sure. That's, um, gosh, I, I, I will tell you, this is a hard task for me because... Um, when I'm asked about myself, I normally start at the beginning and then I get like maybe to like fifth, sixth grade high school. So I'll try to, I'll try to like condense it. Cause I'm sure you're not asking about the, en- the entire history of Holly, but, um, yeah, currently, um, I have a company called behavioral talent consulting, um, where my motive and my goal is to make sure that we are, um, helping ABA practices, um, have better retention with their with their staff because I I think a lot of times with the turnover um, it causes um, more trauma than good and I know that's not that's not the intention of anybody entering the field um, but it's hard to have people in and out of your home and so that that really is what mo- has motivated me and then I also um, talk a lot to VCBAs and um, to RBTs and I I help them navigate their career, whether that means that they're they're going to a different company or they're working through a difficult time in their company. Um, I really like to problem solve. Um, so I'm able to be there for them for that. And uh, that's been enjoyable. Um, you know, I'm lucky to really like what I what I do. Um, I had no idea this is where I would land. Um but I'm, I'm glad I did. All right. Now, obviously, you're on the spectrum. I am. Mm-hmm. When were you diagnosed? Oh, goodness. So I was diagnosed, um, I want to say 2017, actually. So I, I didn't talk until I was, uh, well, I didn't talk well until about seven. Um, I didn't talk really at all um, until three, but I had my own language, I guess. Um, I was reading some old Easter Seals um, documents and it said, they asked me um, some questions and I just said that I was more creative, um, and, but I had my own language. I don't think it was, I, I don't know what was going on in my head, um, but I, I do recall it all. And I recall the time that, you know, language really clicked for me. Um, and the reason I got the diagnosis is that, and something that I'm really interested in, and I don't know if you have experience with it, but every time you go and move up in work, um, or you, you know, you are doing something different in, in terms of like a social setting you've never been to before, there's a whole new set of rules. Um, and being able to, to push through that, um, I, it was proving very difficult at one time. And so I went thinking I had um, maybe OCD or, you know, I wasn't hundred percent sure what was going on, but I was having a hard time um, connecting uh, with an individual at work and then also just keeping everything uh, 
being a little rigid. Um, so it came back that I had diagnosis with autism and that made perfect sense to me. Um, it does run, you know, in my family, but, um, it, it really helped me understand the the motives behind some of my tendencies. All right. Now, do you have ADHD as well? I do. Mm-hmm. Can yeah. you see me bouncing over here or yeah. what? <laughs> <But yeah. laughs> now, let's talk a I little do. bit about ABA. Do you feel it's changed in the years up to now? Yeah, um, I do. I think that... Um, like any science or anything, um, if we look back um, in the beginning of, of most industries, there's a there's a uh, a different kind of beginning. So I like to give the example of um, dermatology. Actually, my daughter had a wart taken out, and they used to scrape it, Reed, and like you would like be left with a hole. Mm -hmm. And I said, just scrape it out of her. They're like, oh, no, 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 we don't do that practice anymore. That's actually, we found that that actually does nerve damage and, and this and that. And I was like, oh, well, okay, then that's better. But it made me think of ABA because they're in the beginning, not, not all of the, um, uh, the trials and, you know, the discoveries came about in the best way. Um, but I do think ABA has come a long way and I, I think it has impacted my life and, and then also so many that I know in, in such a, a positive way. Now, why do you feel people are, were so afraid of it back then? Um, I think it was more, you know, their approach. So like with, you know, it being science, there's a lot of hypotheses and then testing the hypotheses and, you know, um, in the beginning, you know, they, there was times where there was just a lot of adversive, um, you know, uh, testing of how would they react if we had, a, you know, a, a bunny in, in this instance, and they became some, you know, afraid of uh, a white animal, would they also be a, afraid of a white cat or, or something like that? I'm sure I'm messing it up. Um, but something like that. And so I think it was just the practices. And since then, um, you know, I think that there's been a tremendous amount of growth. Um, I, you know, obviously from that, but then there's just misunderstanding too, and, and things that look like ABA, but they're not. And so I think that that's some of the misconception as well is just, uh, it's a younger science and there's not as much education around it. All right. Now you mentioned you had a daughter. Is she on the spectrum as well? I have two children. Um, I have my, my oldest, um, is just became an RBT actually. Um, yes. Yeah. Thanks. I was really super proud. Um, but yes, on the spectrum, um, my daughter has tendencies. I've not gotten her tested, um, which, you know, just more has to do with, with time, but, you know, she also has me as a mom who like eats, sleeps and breathes ABA. Um, in, in fact, my whole family does, but, um, yeah, we, we all have tendencies. Um, and in terms of a formal diagnosis, she does not have that. No. All right. Now, for those out there, what is applied behavior analytics? Oh, yeah. I forget that people do not live in my head or, or my life. <laughs> so, <laughs> good, que good question, Reed. Um, so applied behavior analysis is the science of, um, of shaping behavior, of really understanding how to, um, how to improve the function of an individual's behavior. So the way that I describe it or I look at it, um, and I've been in the field for almost 20 years, um, and so I'll give you an example because I do better with with examples is um, 
nobody wants to be aggressive. It does not feel good, but we all have meltdowns, right? Like I, I know I've, I have meltdowns, right? Where you, mm-hmm. something happens as a trigger and all of a sudden you're just like, ah! and you just like behave in, in a way that almost seems like you're outside of yourself. Um, but you're really trying to get a needs met. Um, and so the way that ABA works is it looks at, well, let's look at behavior like a language um, and especially with autism it, and it being a communication disorder, right? Um, oftentimes we're not having our needs met or we're not have, don't have that inner dialogue to accept change or to accept denied access to things. Um, and so ABA really replaces that. So instead of saying, oh, you know, they're, they're aggressive, it's saying, what are they trying to get and how can we teach them to get that in, um, in a way that is, uh, less harmful for them and then also for others. Um, so it's really just a tool of how to to perspective take, how to understand differences in people, and then how to help them get what they need. And, and in essence, that's just really what I think ABA is. It's just there's a lot of um, a time that it takes and there's some, you know, times that it, that, uh, you know, it takes a little bit longer um, to figure things out. But um, yeah, I I see the I see the world through an ABA lens. It's not just for individuals, you know, who have who are autistic like us, but it's also, you know, for businesses. And it is literally anything that has a behavior. Um, and uh, groups of people have behaviors too. Yeah, I mean, I've talked with so many people about ABA, and all of them are positive nowadays. And it's such a difference because from what I was told about ABA and how the community kind of frowned on it because of what they've seen from the past of therapists abusing their clients to now what is where you actually get to choose your therapist and have him come to your house. I'm sure you deal with that too. Yeah. You know, here's the thing, Reed, like I'm, I'm not saying that their experiences weren't, aren't valid or that they're still not bad people out there. Um, as a recruiter, my biggest fear is not seeing the signs of, of somebody who would not manage things right. Um, just like anything, it's not okay. Um, for anybody to get harmed. Um, you know, we should be looking at consent and, and all of that by and large. I think that most of us do that, but there, there are still things that, you know, you hear about and you're like, oh, you know, that I, I hate that that represents us, you know, and I, um, and so I appreciate that question because, you know, I, I'm not, you know, I say do your research um, and it's okay to walk away from an agency that's not working or a BCBA that's not working, just like you wouldn't stay at a doctor with a bad bedside manner, right? Or who wasn't mm-hmm. listening, just walk away. Um, it's healthcare like anything else, um, you know. You just need to be your own self-advocate and, and advocate for those you love. Right. Now, you've probably heard this this um, term before. I mean, we both travel in the same group and we know the same people. What do you what do you feel between the word neurodivergent or neurodistinct? Oh, no. Uh, so this is what I was afraid of when you didn't send me questions or prepare. Um, <laughs> no, no, you're, you're good. It's a good question. And it's a hard one for me. Um, so if I'm being honest, I think that there there is there are some word choices that concern me or some word play that concern me. Right. Where 
Um, we don't want to use the word patient or we don't want to use the word client or we want to use the word neurodivergent. Um, what happens is we lose our identity. And the fact of it, of it is, is that there's some hard things that we face um, because we because we um, communicate differently or because, you know, not to say that we need to change, but we do need to have our needs met and there and there's help that we need. Um, and so a lot of people don't understand that, especially, you know, for individuals who are, are level one, they don't see necessarily those meltdowns or or experience all of that anxiety mm-hmm. and what it's doing to your body and, and all of that. They don't see it. Um, and so I feel like when we lump everybody into the same neurodivergent and I feel like um, I feel like people stop the discussion. Um, and it's just like now everything's kind of neurodivergent. Um, so I'll give you an example. I was talking to a dear friend of mine who I actually started the, their, uh, her son was my, my second, uh, client giving a nonverbal ABA, um, is what they called it back then in 2000. And I don't know, what was it three, um, therapy and, uh, we stay in touch and he, he, um, has a lot of a lot of barriers um, and is, you know, self-harm and things like that. Very, very serious things. Um, and it's hard, you know, she was mentioning that a friend of hers was like, oh, yeah, I totally get it now. Like my daughter got diagnosed with ADD and it's like, mm, you know, um, but I, I just I worry about um, not ha- uh, having it stop conversations, I guess, is, is what I'm trying to say. Uh, I don't know if that's true or not. Um, but that is a, a concern that I have is for individuals. What are your thoughts on it? I like the term neurodistinct because it's like the, the man, I like. Well, like the man who ter- coined it, I interviewed him. Ooh. It's more it's more a positive term. Mm-hmm. If you think about it. It says we're distinct, we're different. Instead of divergent, which is kind of a negative annotation of the word. Hmm. So, Reed, I just ignored the second part because I had never heard that before. <laughs> if I'm being honest, I was like, I don't know. I've heard neurodivergent I'm not a fan of, but neurodistinct, distinct, um, that is the first time that I've heard it. So I don't know if I live in a bubble here, but um, I have not heard that before. I do like the distinct um, and I think that it is a reminder that we're all distinct. Um, divergent, it it kind of reminds me of veering off of the road. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. But I mean, that- with me also, I'm all about um, not don't hide behind your mask, be unique, stand out, don't blend in, mm. Stand out and show the show the world that you're a unique personality, and that's what kind of distinct means. You're different from everyone else. Yeah, I like it. I like it a lot better. Now, for two of us who are both on the spectrum, would you say that we see the world in such a much different way than the rest of the world? Hmm. I would say we focus on things that are different than the rest of the world, possibly, right? Um, mm-hmm. And so I would say, yes, um, usually what I have found is that because we're so hyper focused on on whatever it is um, and, and we do see things, um, 
in that way. And because I, I do feel like our conviction, at least the people that I've, I've met, our conviction is very, there, like very strict. Again, everybody has their own thing, but one commonality I would say is that we are very like strict on our morals and on mm-hmm. like what is right and what is wrong. Um, I don't know if that's been the experience for you talking to the other individuals on your podcast. Um, but I would say that that's something that is, typically what I've seen. Um, but yeah, I mean, we, we do, um, I would say, I would say a lot of, a lot of people look at everything differently. All right. Now, how would you tell someone that ABA is not what it used to be? Someone who's afraid to use it because of they heard the negative of it. So I would say that you, you are in control of, of things. Um, And, you know, okay, I'm going to give you another example. I worked with an individual who, and this is where group think is dangerous. Um, You know, I work with an individual who trains in ABA, understands ABA, um, has delivered ABA, who felt so guilty about getting her child ABA because everybody else is saying it's abusive. And I'm like, but you see it, like, is it, you know, what you've seen? Um, And so I understand the fear. And I will say this, your fear means you care. So that's mm-hmm. good. You know, that's that's a step in the right direction. Don't don't necessarily let that go. But do your research, do your due diligence and and be aware of what could be missing. Um, yes, there's that risk, um, but I would say that risk is is fairly low in my experience. Um if you know, you know what you're looking for. So have have conversations, see what good ABA looks like, and then um, don't settle. And if it's for you know an individual who who can't vocalize when they get home, if you know um, if there are other ways that they're communicating, whether they were fully potty trained and now they're not, or whether they're coming home and they're like you know, gorging. Like I gained a lot of weight. It's still like whether you're kids or whether you're an adult, I gained so much weight in this last year because I went through so many. Um, traumatic type things happen. Um, and so my self-harm was overeating, right? So now I have to, to fix that. Um, but I'm using ABA to, to um, approach that. So it, it is a science. Just be careful of the person. That's all. Um, but ABA in itself, there, there's nothing really wrong with that in now my how, eyes. Now, how does someone find the right therapist? Are there guideline, guidelines they should follow? Yeah, um, I would ask, I would listen to how somebody is speaking to you um, wherever wherever you go. Make sure that they are um, taking your considerations into play, that they are flexible with what is important to you, um, and that they are not forcing something, right? So if you think of, um, they should be shaping a behavior. Nobody should be dragging your child to go get a drink of water or wash their hands or nobody should be, um, you know, working with you in a way that feels uncomfortable. Um, I mean, listen, change is uncomfortable. So I guess I have to be careful with what you think the the word uncomfortable looks like. Um, But yeah, I mean, I would ask questions, ask if they if they only use one assessment that's not a good sign. Um, if they are not, if they don't have many individuals in, you know, in the setting that have different skill sets, that's not a good sign. Um, and then, you know, I would ask, you know, is there any way that I can talk to, you know, or any of your 
anybody open to having some further discussion with me or, um, you know, things like that. And if they're not, then, and they're just pushing you to the side, they're focused more on just getting that ne- next patient through. And that's not, that's not good. Um, so it's not easy. Um, I'm not going to say that, and I don't want to discourage, but I would say, um, just ask your question and trust your inner, inter, you know, intuition. Right. I feel yeah. like I'm giving fluff answers, but I know there's probably a better answer that I'm going to think of at midnight. And I'm gonna be like, ah, read. <laughs> if only I had prepared, you know, yeah. <laughs> um, I don't know the answer to that. Um, I mean, I know the answer, but it's just very hard. Um, it's a hard thing. Yeah. All right. Um, switching gears. You mentioned you okay. podcast too. I do. How did you get into that? Um, you know, I have a lot of ideas. Um, and so I don't always execute them or I execute them many years later. So I had this idea in 2017. Um, and then I found myself in between, um, well, I found myself with some free time and I was like, well, WTF ABA, like, what am I doing here? Uh, which is the name of my podcast and it means what's the function, you know, like what is going on? What, what are we doing? Let's, let's all work together, um, uh, and, um, help it be easy for people to identify, you know, a good, um, place to work and a good place to get treatment. Um, and so I really just went on to share my voice, um, and how I feel about it. And then also give a platform for, for other people to talk about what their ideas are to, um, to streamline and to be able to, um, to be able to have, um, better quality of care. All right. Do you feel that your podcast has educated your listeners? I don't know. I hope so. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. Um, I hope so. I mean, I, I have gotten a few messages that, you know, say, Hey, that was a really helpful podcast. Really appreciate that. Um, and so that, that definitely reinforces me. Um, but you know, yeah, I, I hope that it does. All right. Do you, when you first started, did you have a hard time being the host of the podcast? Oh my God. I still do. I, I literally, um, somebody asked me to do, I don't know if you do an intro read and then exit mm-hmm. every time you do, right? I do um, a, um, what's called a hook. I record yeah. a little intro and then I have my intro music and then I have the actual thing. So it's a lot of editing. Yeah, it's a lot of editing. And so I never did the intro hook before because, um, so it's the same with acting. I'm, I'm better at improv than I am at reading a script. And so um, it took me seven times to say, hi, this is Holly. Welcome to the WTF ABA podcast. It took me forever to do that. And so I forgot your question already. Um, but yeah, I think it, oh yeah, am I comfortable? Um, I guess doing it, yeah, I'm still getting used to it. I mean, I know that feeling, Holly. I mean, when I first started, I had the the inclination of doing it solo and when i listened to it back and i chose the hardest topic to talk about first which was depression yeah and when i went to listen to it you can hear the gasps of air as i talk and i'm like (laughs) i'm like all right that just that just sounds so bad and then i'm like how long do i want it to last do i want to go 15 minutes do i want to go 30 
And it just got to the point where it was just so much. And I mentioned this to my um, life coach and he's like, you know, maybe you should try doing it with a guest first. And then as time goes on, you'd be more comfortable to do solos. Mm-hmm. And did it help? It does help. Yeah. Cause I've done mm-hmm. a bunch of um, solo shows. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I do think that that's probably very good advice. Um, I don't know if I'll ever be able to get to that point. Cause again, it, it takes me like seven times to say my name, but um, you should be really proud of that and not giving up and like, keep going. Um, yeah, I, I think mean, that. It takes <laughs> me forever to do my intro too. I'll do it. And then I'm like, no, that doesn't sound right. Delete. Delete, delete. And yeah. I'll do it like five or six times until I get it right. Yeah. Well, you're, you're focused. Um, I'm not as I'll do it a couple of times and I'm like, ah, <laughs> I don't know. Anyway. Sorry, I just screamed in your listeners ears. No yeah. Anyway, problems. what's the one thing that inspires you? Mm. Um, hope, I guess like hope, hope and, um, people, other people, you know, ins- inspire me and give me hope. So I like story. Like I like hearing about people. All right. And finally, where can people find out more about you? Oh, uh, so I'm on LinkedIn mostly. I do disappear every once in a while because I need a mental break. Um, but mostly I'm on LinkedIn, um, Holly Beth uh, Clouser, or you can go to um, my website, which is www.behavioraltalentconsulting.com. That's long, but I'm out there. You can find it. And then listen to my podcast if, you know, if you like anything that I said, um, you know, just be kind um, is all I ask. And I ask the same thing of all my listeners, please, if you're going to listen to her, please have kind comments. You'd be surprised. And that's it, ladies and gentlemen. That was Holly Beth Clauser. And I'll see you in the next one. See you there, everyone. Thanks, Reed. Not a problem, Holly. While the sky burn, getting high off of the fumes, feeling like the bombs outside the flowers. Me and you stay watching through the glass as the moon came. Body, soul, and hands feeling truly like our lives are movies. I swear it's But I just don't agree I love the way we see the world Ooh, yeah. I just don't agree Ooh, yeah. Yeah, I love the way we see the world yeah. I just don't agree I love the way we see the world Right there Staring at the sun We spent our nightmares Falling in love I know you feel this I love the way we see the world. Ooh, yeah. I just-